everyone, and welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate. Pull up a chair, or a log, and enjoy some campfire with me. What I've been doing this last week has been very interesting. I have been doing a lot of research on human trafficking and the local news, uh, the debate between Trump and Biden coming up on Tuesday night, at 7 o'clock Central Time, and then I lost my voice. My throat swelled up for some reason. I couldn't breathe, and I had an allergic reaction to something, and bam, I could not talk. Everybody around me was very happy. In the meantime, I have basically been on voice rest so I can do the show tonight. But if I lose my voice, I will steep keep trudging on and you can just hear a whisper. I will turn my volume up so you all can hear. And as we continue with the show, I would like for you to listen to what I am saying and comparing it to the commentator of the 1950s. Understand that this has been planned for a very long time. The communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. It's entitled Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. He joined the party as a young man because he honestly believed that the communists were trying to improve the conditions of his people. He was a dedicated communist, and eventually he rose to one of the highest ranks. But after many years, he discovered that Instead, they were merely planning to use his people in a bloody revolution to destroy America. And when he woke up to this, he dropped out of the party and devoted the rest of his life trying to alert his fellow citizens of all races to the true nature of the Communist Party as he knew it to be from the inside. Manning Johnson said, Black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. During the confusion, demoralization and panic would set in. Then finally the Reds say, workers stop work. Many of them seize arms by attacking arsenals. Street fights become frequent. Under the leadership of the Communist Party, the workers organize revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising. Armed workers seize the principal government offices, invade the residences of the president and his cabinet members, arrest them, declare the old regime abolished, establish their own power. Now, here is a piece of vicious communist propaganda that perhaps some of you have seen. It's called The Crusader. It's written by Robert F. Williams, one of the organizers of the Revolutionary Action Movement. In this issue of The Crusader, the communists call not only for extensive chaos within the cities, but for putting to the torch every village, every forest, every field, and every barn. The plan is for raging fires from one city to the next. The reason? Well, first, there's the value of sheer destruction. Secondly, it would force us to deploy our defenses and rescue units over the widest possible area. The communists point out 
that as long as our police and National Guard remain concentrated, they're invincible. But if they can be forced to spread out over the entire city and into the countryside as well, then they can be picked off from ambush one by one. And the third value of massive fire to the communists is psychological. The average American, they say, soft and decadent, when he sees billows of black smoke rising from one horizon to the other, when at night the only light he has to see by is the flickering red from flames leaping into the sky, he'll become paralyzed with fear and panic. He'll run away and hide and do nothing to interfere with the guerrilla bands as they strike at the community's power centers. The Crusader explains how to set up sniper units in crowded metropolitan areas, how to manufacture jumbo Molotov cocktails, the gallon jug size, and how to mix the gasoline with certain ingredients to make it burn like napalm, how to pour gasoline into utility manholes in the streets to set fire to the main telephone cables, how to put sulfur tips from matches into air conditioning units and blow up large buildings, how to ignite gas mains and oil storage tanks. It explains how radio-controlled model airplanes can be used to fly explosive charges over heavily guarded fences into gasoline storage areas or munition stockpiles. It even calls for infiltration into the National Guard units, revolutionaries posing as non-militants for the purpose of getting free military training and for gaining access to critical military supplies and heavy weapons. And then, finally, Robert Williams says this. Any all-out minority revolution must create a state of crisis wherein almost all of the male population would be forced to remain in their homes to protect their property and families. The middle class is very large, but it is not accustomed to deprivation and terror. Because of its affluence, it has waxed soft. It has no stomach for massive fire, blood, and violence. The motive force behind its life drive is its endless pursuit of prestige, conspicuous consumption, and sensual pleasure. A few years of violent, sporadic, and highly destructive uprisings will set the stage for the grand finale. After the stage is properly set through protracted struggle, America could be brought to her knees in 90 days of highly organized, fierce fighting, sabotage, and massive firestorm. Ladies and gentlemen, the plans and preparations for a communist revolution of force and violence are far advanced. The organization behind these preparations has almost unlimited financial resources, and it provides both training and leadership based upon years of experience in many other countries. Our enemies are deadly serious about their task. And it's nothing short of national suicide for us to continue to ignore their plans and their progress. The violent revolution becomes of primary value to the communists to the extent to which it can be used to condition the masses psychologically to accept the non-violent revolution, which is offered supposedly as the only alternative. Hoping to avoid further violence and bloodshed, the public is to be pressured into accepting measures that will move the country gradually and legally toward communism, but without calling it that. The strategy of the proletarian revolution calls for the quiet conversion of our government into a communist regime, but under the banner of socialism. Well, what is socialism? All right, let's define it. 
According to the dictionary, socialism is a political concept based upon the principle of government ownership and control of property, the means of production, and the avenues of commerce. Under socialism, those who run the government, and the communists are confident that in America they eventually will be the ones who do so, those who run the government will know who is to get something and who has to wait, and that represents control over human beings. What has all this to do with the communist revolution in America? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has everything to do with it because the building of socialism is the communist revolution in America. It represents the process whereby our country can be moved gradually toward communism without the people even being aware of it. No matter what grievance we may have, real or imagined, no matter what national problems we may face, the communists seize upon these as excuses to build socialism. They have one and only one solution for all problems. More government, more government, and then more and more until it's total government. I like to talk about the elephant in the room when nobody else wants to. Keep what you just heard from that 1950s commentator in the back of your mind. And let's get started. Protests sweep across the nations in the wake of the verdict of the Breonic Taylor case. The video clip on the news shows an officer with the Seattle Police Department having fallen to the ground from his bicycle. A protester is seen throwing a cone at him before the officer reaches for and fires pepper spray into the crowd. Another protester then approaches from behind and strikes the officer on the back of the head with what is described as a metal baseball bat, hitting the officer's helmet. The officer continued to aim pepper spray at the crowd as he dragged his bicycle toward the line of police. Police said the officer's helmet was cracked during the incident. More than a dozen arrests of the protesters were made by the Seattle Police Department. The protesters were responsible for attacking a business in the area, launching an incinerary device into the east precinct, nearly hitting officers, throwing rocks and bottles at officers, setting fires, and violently striking an officer in the head. Demonstrations, destruction, murder, and rape have been reported within the last 100 days in the Seattle area alone, while the demonstrators demand that the police be defunded. It is not stopped at Seattle. It is spread nationwide. Now, if President Trump wins re-election or loses, expect more right-wing violence, says the experts. And we all know how I feel about experts. I should not be shocked at the propaganda and the lies being told by the media, but almost every day the media comes up with one more hypocrisy in their so-called journalism. They claim that, quote, left-wing terror is extremely rare, and the more immediate threat is terror from the right, unquote. Really? What the people in the media spew are just words with no factual basis. Words to subvert the truth in order to fit their narrative. What is their narrative? Rid the country of President Donald Trump. And anything that they have to do to accomplish that goal. Not one of these media outlets can prove that the 
right has caused or instigated any violence. Without getting into too much detail, I see Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Louisville, Kentucky, New York City, Atlanta, Georgia, and small towns to large cities in between. All of the rape, murder, rioting, looting, burning of businesses, beatings, etc. being done by paid protesters on the left. Come on, media. Where are the right-wingers in all of this? Not one right-winger has committed crimes. Not one. I challenge you to prove me wrong. Not by conjecture. Not by false narrative. But by proof. Prove me wrong. The left will push and push a right-winger until the person is forced to fight back. So the lefties can rant and scream, See, I told you the right was evil. When you corner a tiger, and the tiger has no options, the claws come out. Let me explain about the right that I know as a proven fact. This is to all you left-wingers out there trying to instigate a civil war. Let me give you a bit of advice. Many of us on the right has served our country. We fought in wars. We have lost friends. We've lost loved ones fighting for your right to protest, but not to murder, rape, pillage, and destroy. When our time was done, we backed down, or excuse me, we backed, came back to our homes within the borders of the United States to start over and to live in peace. We have lived this long for a reason. And it was not because we were cowards. It was not us who kneeled on the neck of a man until he died. It was not us who retaliated by kneeling on the neck of a white, helpless toddler, screaming, quote, BLM, motherfucker. Unquote. You see, war is hell. And millions of you do not, agra- do not grasp this concept. We've been through hell. We've lived in hell. Hell became our friend. As Byron Rogers of Executive Protection Lifestyle said, quote, Fear is my friend. I welcome fear. Fear does not control me. I control fear, unquote. If you keep trampling on the peace that we fought for, earned, and loved, then when that shot gets fired, you will force us back into hell, a place where we learn to be comfortable in, to where we learned to survive and to thrive. And we will show you the brutal realities of what hell really is. You say you want a civil war, But you really don't, because I guarantee you, none of you are ready for the hell in this nation. Never worry about who will be offended when you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you do not. There's a specific legal term for when the media or 
other Cretans targets another human being. Yes, we have a caller. Hello, 801. Uh, hello, Kate. Well, hello. Well, hello. How you doing? I am doing well. Well, I I just have to say, I think that a lot of these people don't know exactly who they're serving. I agree. They do not know I mean, who they are serving. I mean, if, if, if it happens in any civil war, any civil war, if things go to that breaking point, people don't know who their allies are exactly. I mean, you know, they just know they're getting help or whatever. But they're getting money, they're getting help, they're getting, you name it, you know, I mean, they don't, they don't know. And they're not exactly the brightest bulb in the, you know, in the <laughs> closet. Um, but you see it in any war. You see it in World War Two. You see it in um, the American Civil War. You see it in Revolutionary War. People don't know exactly who is funding them. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Not saying this is on that level or scope, but um, could be. I agree. I, I think. I think. I think we have every bit of evidence to suggest that there's foreign money involved in this. I do not know. Um, I have not seen the evidence per se yet. What I do believe is that these people need to do some research and find out who is funding them. They right. say and claim that they are for all lives matter, black lives matter, or whatever, and that they want to fight for this country, then they need to actually fight for this country. And I don't mean pick up arms and kill people. I mean, do some research. Know who is funding you. Know what you are representing before you get out there on the streets and start bashing in heads. Because you are going to bash in the wrong head one time, and that person's going to turn around. And just like in Kenosha, they were beating up on that kid. The kid had to defend himself. Two people died and one person injured. Yeah. I mean, it's like people saying, oh, well, this is Soros. Well, I don't know if it's Soros or not. But um, but if it is Soros, that's a like you know you're talking about a lot of different a lot of different connections. But I I kind of have to think that some of this is being funded by some foreign folks. I do not like, know. The, be- the best thing we can do is do our research. And then that way, right. we know what we're talking about. We know what we're saying. We know what we're doing. Um, with with that being said, I need to move on. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Getting back to what we were saying before... 801 called in, and that was an awesome call. Thank you very much, because um, a lot of people do not think about 
doing their research and knowing who was funding them or even why they are even fighting. There is a specific legal term for when the media and other targets of another person for harm singles them out, so to speak. The term is a German word for scheidenfraud. It is the experience of pleasure, joy, or self-satisfaction that comes from learning of or witnessing the troubles, failures, or humiliation of another person. This is where someone is tried in the court of media, making it into the court of public opinion, based upon fictional conjecture and speculation. Totally contaminating any facts in order to make their lies believable. Or one or two individuals doing the same to a rival or someone that they just do not like for petty third grade reasons. Uh, This is not a schoolyard, but some people think it is. By the time the media or an undesirable person is finished with the victim, the victim is ruined professionally. Most of the time, even in their private lives. It goes far beyond character assassination. The undesirable person focuses on one person and finds joy in that person's destruction. Schadenfreude means to take spiteful, malicious delight in the misfortune of others, especially when created by the undesirable perpetrator. We used to dismiss this as simply the ugly side of human nature, but it's much more than that. This is what is happening to those that have news podcasts that voice the truth. It's a prime example of a friend that hosts a show called Unleashed Jeremy Hansen. He's been targeted by a man with a small mind for about a year now. This man has his own followers that do his bidding. Right or wrong, they do not care. They run and do whatever he wants to his beck and call. They report Jeremy on his podcast for stating the facts, yet they call it offensive. They get butt hurt, and they call it in to try to get him into trouble or to lose his podcast. Yet Jeremy's not told what he did or said that has been offensive. This is not new for the perpetrator, this particular guy. He will a character assassinate a person in the court of public opinion, basing his words on nothing more than just that. Words with no basis and no facts to back him up. His mother must be proud. But sadly, this happens not only in Jeremy's world, in our world, and in journalism, but within the justice system. A prosecutor will stand up in front of a jury and give their opinion of what they think happened in an alleged crime. And most of the time, they have no facts, just conjecture and speculation. They no longer use the law to win a jury. They use emotion. Then, they're gleefully overjoyed when they they win the case. They put another innocent person in prison. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everyone that is tried by a jury or even by a court is innocent. But I will submit to you that if you look at the statistics, the percentage is scaringly high of how many are railroaded and sent to prison based off of conjecture and schadenfreude. Think about 
the private for-profit prisons that are now in every state that needs to keep up a quota of live bodies. BLM and Antifa and the like, they do the same in Schadenfreude. They go all unchecked. The judges allow it. The mayors allow it. The governors allow it. And we question why good people wonder what has happened to our nation. Trouble may be coming. Uh, Well, okay. Trouble will be coming soon. Seattle voted to defund their police and basically have a skeleton crew in New York, Chicago, all voted to defund their police departments and run a skeleton crew. What do you think is going to happen in those cities? Do you think the powers that be actually believe that all crime will stop because there are no police to respond? This is a petri dish full of germs and bacteria festering. This is to divide us and force us to defend ourselves. Listen to the beginning of the show again. The words of the commentator says it all, and it is happening now. We are all being programmed to accept the new normal. Quite frankly, I liked the old normal, and I want it back. Let's take human trafficking, for example. Almost everyone in the audience knows that I worked with a team of experienced men and women that trace, track, rescue, and extract victims of human trafficking. We have investigated literally thousands of human trafficking cases in my 35 years of contract work. Allow me to explain some of the ways that children and people are uh, chosen. Traffickers take orders for people. Not from people, for people. For example, a higher elite in a government or a higher elite where wealth is concerned will order a toddler of, say, three years old or a child of six years old with brown hair and blue eyes. That is not a common thing to see in a child, yet it's highly sought after in Europe. Young virgin girls are sold to the highest bidder starting at the age of nine years old. Some of the Bidders prefer hair color and eye color. I can get into vast detail that will just scare you to death. Watch your children and your grandchildren. It is out there. Traffickers will try to kill anyone who comes between them and their kidnapped wards. If they know that they are outgunned or will lose in a fight, fighting for their victims, they will kill the victims and then start over especially in countries such as Turkey, Greece, Iran, Saudi Arabia. How do they start over? They seek children at bus stations, airports, carnivals, fairs, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, even the grocery store, the Internet on social media like Facebook, Twitter, and the like. They pose as 12, 13, 14-year-old children to gain trust of more 12, 13, 14-year-old children. Experienced men and women lure a child by appealing to that child's wants and desires through emotion. The list for a child or a teenager or a young woman varies from which trafficking network is hunting and searching. One trafficking network just may want four teenage girls. They do not care color, race, Uh, creed, anything about them other than four girls. They do not have to be virgins, just four girls, 
four guys, they go out and find them. Most of the time, they succeed. I've seen a photograph of a map circulating through Facebook depicting certain states within the borders of the United States that has the most human trafficking. I do not know who comes up with these maps, but they obviously are not in the industry of saving the victims. Do not be fooled by this type of map if you are to see it. Every state in the United States has kidnappings and human trafficking in the thousands. Some missing children and teens go unreported because they're sold to traffickers by a family member in order to get their next addiction fix. Whatever that addiction is, gambling, drugs, prostitution, they are sold. Some newborns are sold into trafficking because the mother is addicted and really does not want the child. So she will sell the child for her next several fixes. Although I've not worked with Craig Sawyer, or commonly known as Sawman, he's the founder of Vets for Child Rescue. Uh, Craig has done some amazing Amazing work against human trafficking domestically here in the United States and in some cases abroad. Craig has a movie entitled Contraland, C-O-N-T-R-A-L-A-N-D. This is one of the best films that I've seen depicting some of the things that happen in the trafficking industry. The movie is on YouTube, so I encourage everyone to go over there and watch it if you can. Um, Our teams have not worked with Craig, but maybe someday, maybe someday we can. But our teams have worked with A21, which stands for Awareness in the 21st Century, Project Beautiful, Phoenix Federation International LLC. All three of these companies work with professionally qualified and skilled teams that go out and trace, track, rescue, and extract the victims. We work hard to ensure the traffickers are arrested charged and prosecutors yet in some countries the traffickers are freed before we can get even get on our plane after they've been arrested and they're back out there again to steal another infant child teenager or young adult and very few are out there trying to stop it phoenix federation loc international have highly skilled teams that are hired via contract through other agencies, both foreign and domestic companies such as A21, Project Beautiful, and others, and private families. What we have witnessed is nothing that another human being should ever witness or ever live through. There are few, just a few, naysayers out there that claim that these agencies do exist, yet that I have never worked for them. Really? Let me ask the naysayers this. Were you there when I put Phoenix Federation International LLC in my name 35 years ago? Were you there when we recently tracked a group of traffickers into Turkey? Were you there to help rescue the 22 boys and girls of random ages that had been brutalized, raped, and acid poured on their little bodies? Were you there? When a team member was shot and killed for trying to save a life. I could go on, but if I were a naysayer, 
I would be careful about making an absolute statement and an accusation when I would know absolutely nothing about the industry or those of us that put our lives on the line to save lives. Were you there? Or we just did not see you because you were invisible. Yet, I do thank you for showing me that you make judgments based upon the chapter of my life that you have just walked in on. Not knowing facts, but base your judgment on conjecture and speculation and then spread rumors. That shows me your color of character. In most cases, we rescued women and children of all ages and a few infants. Many of the bad guys have been arrested and charged and sent to prison internationally. The hardest ones to catch are the mega wealthy elite. Let's take Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden, for example. In 2011, we warned authorities in the United States and Europe about the Bidens. In 2014, we warned the authorities in the United States and Europe about the Bidens, the Obamas, the Clintons, and many more. We submitted irrefutable evidence with video and photographs proving that each one participated as well as funded human trafficking. And it all landed on deaf ears until recently. United States Senators Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, Chairman of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, and Chuck Grasley, Republican in Iowa, Chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, released a report on September 23rd 2020 that, quote, revealed millions of dollars in questionable financial transactions between Hunter Biden and his associates and foreign individuals, including the wife of the former mayor of Moscow and individuals with ties to the Chinese Communist Party, unquote. The senators said that Hunter Biden siphoned millions of dollars from Ukrainian energy company Burisma which has, quote, a long-standing reputation for corruption, unquote, while serving. He served as a board member there. This came out about during Joe Biden's time as serving as vice president under the Obama administration. The report also found that in December of 2014, Burisma owner, and I'm going to butcher this name, Mikola Zlokozvosky had reported reportedly paid a $7 million bribe to officials in the office of Ukraine's Prosecutor General Vitaly Yurima to, quote, shut the case down against Shlavosky. I might have said that one right, unquote. Hunter Biden was a board member at this time and had a vote for that money. In early 2015, George Kent, former Deputy Chief of Mission of the United States Embassy in Kiev, Ukraine, expressed concerns to individuals in Joe Biden's office about Hunter Biden's role on the Burisma's board arising a possible conflict of interest. In September of 2016, after Kent's concerns had gone unaddressed for some time, he emphasized in an email to his colleagues, quote, Furthermore, the presence 
of Hunter Biden on the Burisma board was very awkward to all United States officials pushing an anti-corruption agenda in Ukraine, unquote, in October 2016. Senior State Department official Amos Hochstein told Joe Biden and Hunter Biden that Hunter Biden's position on the Burisma's board, quote, enabled Russian disinformation efforts and risking undermining United States policy in the Ukraine, unquote. Joe Biden told Amos Hochstein to not worry about it and drop it. Hunter Biden Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, reportedly received millions of dollars from, quote, foreign nationals with questionable backgrounds, unquote, in addition to $4 million designated to Hunter Biden and Archer for Burisma as compensation for their membership. Quote, Archer received $142,300 from, I'm going to butcher these names, Kenjis Rikishev of Kakistan, purportedly to buy a car. The same day Vice President Joe Biden appeared with Ukrainian Prime Minister Arsami Yasevinyuk and addressed the Ukrainian legislators in Kiev regarding Russia's actions in Crimea. Unquote, the senators said in their report. Hunter Biden then received a wire transfer directly after that to the tune of $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow's widow, Elena Bertrina. Quote, Hunter Biden had business associates with Ye Yingming, Gong Wendong, and other Chinese nationals linked to the communist government and People's Liber- Liberation Army. The senators also said, in the report, quote, the associations resulted in millions of dollars in questionable transactions. Hunter Biden opened a bank account with Gong Wendong that financed over $100 million of global spending spree with James Biden and Sarah Biden, unquote. Sarah Biden then refused to answer any questions about millions of dollars of wire transfers that was tracked between Hunter Biden's account and the account associated with her and James Biden's law firm. Directly after the questioning, the bank subsequently closed the account. Finally, the report states that Hunter Biden paid non-resident women who were nationals of Russia and other Eastern European countries and who appear to be linked to be, quote, Eastern European prostitution and with a human trafficking ring, unquote. Among the deluge of explosive claims tucked inside of the new Senate Republican report about Hunter Biden's business dealings, it is said that the Democratic presidential nominee's son has a history of paying Russian and Eastern European women linked to sex trafficking. While the 86-page report gave no specific details regarding those facts, we know for a fact that they have what they need. There is a quote, there is an Extensive public reporting with facts and evidences concerning Hunter Biden's alleged involvement with prostitution services and sex trafficking, the report says. Yet, Hunter Biden continues to remain free.
the report described several scenarios. Quote, it records on file with the committees. They do not directly confirm or refute individual reports. However, they do confirm that Hunter Biden sent thousands of dollars to individuals who have been involved in transactions consistent with human trafficking, has an association with adult entertainment industry and children, an association with prostitution. Some recipients of those funds are Ukrainian and Russian citizens, unquote. The Biden campaign, when asked, did not comment on the report. But earlier this week, the Biden campaign spokesman, Andrew Bates, blasted the investigation into Hunter Biden's business history. And, quote, according to multiple professionals and experts who specialize in investigating and halting sex trafficking globally, webs that eminent from Eastern Europe are among the most brutal and barbaric treatments of the victims in which I can attest. Quote, sex trafficking is a serious problem that we face today, he says. Organized crime is drawn to it because it's highly profitable and lend like other sources of revenue, such as guns and drugs. One victim can generate recurring revenues for the organization over time. This is, unquote, said by Jack Smith, who is a legal beagle at the Heritage Foundation. He also says, quote, if there is a suggestion of potential sex trafficking, further investigation should be warranted. If someone patronized a victim of sexual trafficking, they are participating in that person's victimization and are likely helping to fund further victimization and criminal activities. As can be expected, violence, drugs, money laundering, and more are often associated with those engaged in organized sex trafficking. Smith said, but this is merely the tip of the iceberg. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Rudolph Atala, a former advisor in the United States Office of the Secretary of Defense and now the CEO of a White Mountain Research, focuses, his company now focuses on foiling foreign trafficking rings, told me that much of the revenue from sex trafficking in the Eastern Bloc ends up funding organ harvesting farms and terrorist groups across the Middle East. This is what is done to the victims when their revenue wears down. Atala also pointed out that the vast majority of rings are operated by wealthy oligarchs in the region who, quote, don't think twice, unquote, about any implications beyond billions made from such a side business per year. Quote, a lot of these networks are nasty criminals and what they do is heart-wrenching, unquote, he said. Quote, most of the victims are young, poor, kidnapped or refugees. They may, might be looking for jobs in other countries and these networks take them in. They take away their passports and then it's almost impossible for them to get out, unquote. Tony Shina, chairman of the Mosaic Security and Intelligence Group of HumanSlavery.com, which endeavors to draw attention to these inhumane international enterprises, concurred that many organized crime syndicates, as well as terrorist organizations, now 
also focus on human trafficking as a revenue source and specifically turn to wealthy Western types to further fund their illegal activities. Quote, human trafficking always needs further investigation, he said. The syndicates are powerful and well-funded, and mostly they are ruthless, unquote. Trafficking in human beings, which is defined by the European Commission, or EC, as, quote, the buying and selling of women, girls, men, and boys, unquote, is characterized as having hugely deleterious consequences for individuals, society, and the economy. The EC's 2018 report, which draws on data from 2014 to 2016, notes that, quote, sexual exploitation is the most common form of exploitation, accounting for over 56% of registered victims of tra- trafficking of human beings. Human trafficking is over a $65 billion a year industry of innocent lives. Children were 23% of the registered victims of trafficking in human beings for sexual exploitation. The form of exploitation is similar for the EU and non-EU citizens. So for the EU citizens, this is sexual, 57%. Labor, 30%. Organ removal, 11%. Around three-quarters of those suspected, prosecuted, or convicted for human trafficking are male. Suspects were 70% male, those prosecuted were 75% males, and those convicted were 71% males throughout the 2015 and 2016 time period. Trafficking in human beings is a grave violation of rights and serious, as very serious, and with an organized crime with a significantly higher number of victims than those made visibly by official counting methods, the EC emphasized. Measuring trafficking in human beings is very challenging. On Thursday, just this last Thursday, Jim Jordan, the ranking member of the United States House Committee on the Judiciary, sent a letter to the FBI Director Christopher Wray questioning whether the Bureau has taken any steps about the Senator's report since the unveiling of said report on Wednesday, and in particular raised the notion that Hunter Biden had, quote, allegedly sent thousands of dollars to individuals involved in human trafficking and organized prostitution, and then he questioned whether the FBI was probing the matter further. Quote, the report by Chairman Johnson and Chairman Grassley shows that the FBI has been aware of some alleged misconduct for many years. Johnson wrote, a spokesperson for the FBI did confirm that they had received the letter, but they declined any further comment. The personal and professional pursuits of Hunter Biden came under increased scrutiny over the past year amid the impeachment inquiry and trial involving President Donald Trump and charges of misconduct in his dealings with Ukraine and suggests that he pressured Kiev to investigate the Biden's family's business and their business interests and subsequently withheld military aid. When it was proven that it was Joe Biden who did that, and President Trump was ultimately acquitted on both articles of impeachment, which was obstruction of Congress and abuse of power, and he was acquitted last February. The Trump administration has directed $35 million in grants to housing for human trafficking survivors. 
Yet dubious and criminal foreign dealings at Hunter Biden's behest continue to gain momentum. Just weeks from the hotly contested 2020 presidential campaign of which Joe Biden is implicated in human trafficking. What else can we do? How much fighting is left? There are more bad guys than there are capable good guys. And I am not saying that there are not good guys out there. There are just not trained, capable, good guys out there. What can we do now to stop human trafficking? What can we do? Johnson and Grassley said, quote, there remains much work to be done, unquote, in their probe and investigation, and it remains to be seen if the preliminary findings will have any negative impact on Joe Biden's final stretch in the November showdown. A representative for Hunter Biden did not respond any, to any further requests for comment, but both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have previously denied any wrongdoing relating to Hunter's work abroad. What is scary is people look at Hunter Biden and say, oh, but he said he didn't do it. The photographs the video, the audio speak for themselves, yet it lands on deaf ears. The powers that be do not want to listen. They do not want to hear that this is going on. It is either that or they are partakers. My heart hurts for those victims and yet we are helpless we are just a small group of people who are going out there and doing something about it i am not saying that we do not have support that is not what i am saying what i'm saying is that the victims are more than we can count the industry of saving human lives due to human trafficking We only save 1% of those trafficked. And how do we know those numbers? From those gone missing. From those that's been rescued. From those traced and tracked to be rescued. 1% people. What if that was your child? What if that was your grandchild or your sister or your brother that went missing? What if it was your father or stepfather that sold your little brother? What if it was your older sister that sold her newborn child, your nephew or your niece, so she could get another fix? It is not easy to live with this. It is even harder to hear about this. But this is real. This is happening now. It has been happening for years. And everyone has turned a blind eye. No longer on my watch. I have since, quote, retired, unquote, from the industry of 
tracing, tracking, rescuing, and extracting, and being on a team. But I have not stopped fighting for the victims. I will not stop fighting for as long as there is breath in me. The next time you go to a bus station, train station, airport, grocery store, think about the 1950s commentator about the takeover of the United States through communism and socialism. Think about the commentator when he talks about the violence that ensues to take over a country. Think about human trafficking. Do you see a child that is afraid? I would rather have someone walk up to me and tap me on the shoulder and say, did you see that child? Than to not have someone say something. I am not afraid, nor am I ashamed to walk up to an individual who is supposed to be a ward of a child and ask them questions about that child. I am not afraid to get down on my knees and look at that child eye to eye and ask them if they are are all right. Because if a parent or a loved one or a guardian is in charge of that child, they should thank an individual for caring enough about that child if that child is safe. If that child is not safe, I can guarantee you they will be if they are in my presence. Think about this. Think about this. What if Joe Biden steals the election and is sworn into the White House as president? A lot of people think, oh, it is not going to last long. He will not last long, and then it will be Kamala Harris. Do you think she is any better than he is? I can tell you statistics on that woman that will scare you to death. But is that the administration that we want? Do we want this nation to go up in flames? To go against those of us who have fought in hellish wars? Do we want an administration that will destroy this nation? Most everyone that is listening to me has either fought in wars, have been in the Cold War, or has had family that has fought in the military. Did we fight in vain? Did they fight in vain? Did our founding fathers fight in vain for our Constitution? For the victims? For the hurting? Think about this. What is this country really about? That's all I have for tonight, everyone. Train hard and train smart. To survive, thrive, and stay alive. This is Around the Campfire with Kate, signing off. Until next time.